Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each week, we bring you a woman who uses her talents to help other women succeed at work and in her life. Now, if you've heard my podcast before, you know I've been interviewing these amazing leading women for over 10 years, and I always enjoy hearing their stories. My first book, Leading Women, is still available and was developed by 20 influential women who shared their secrets to business and in life. Now I'm pleased to announce my new book, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life. It's available for pre-buy on Amazon right now and will be available for in hardback everywhere on January 8, 2019. We are so excited about this new book and have chosen some of the amazing women who are quoted in it to talk about it and about their own work on the behalf of all women. This week, I'm pleased to introduce you to Dana Beal. Dana is an international speaker, workplace culture expert, and author of The Extraordinary Workplace, Replacing Fear with Trust and Compassion. We talked about that book and about the qualities of enlightened leadership in Dana's previous podcast in 2015. It was so full of wonderful advice, I chose many of her words for wisdom to share in my book, In This Together. Dana continues to spread her new model for enlightened leadership to many mass industries, but especially in the healthcare field, where the outcome is so critical to everything being done with the very best work. We're going to talk about her newest contributions and review this amazing model to transform our workplace into a culture that fosters healthy, supportive environment for everyone who works there. I'm pleased and so proud and so excited to have Dana Bill back to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you, Dana, for being with me. I can't believe it's been <laughs> 2015 since we've last talked. And, you know, you're doing amazing things. You're doing absolutely amazing things. I've just been catching up and, and reading about uh, things you're doing, looking at your website. And, and of course, your your book has done extremely well and, and is so timely as, just as much as in this together. I mean, it's uh, you know what? The time is now. It's it's about time people started listening and really understanding the importance of women using their voices and women's leadership. This you know this last political race was a great example of. of I'm hoping, I'm hoping we're turning the corner. So welcome. Thank you, Nancy. It's so nice to be back and talking to you. And I can't even tell you how much support you're going to get from me and every woman and and man that I know to read your book. And, and that's important to, to make sure that we, everybody understands. This is, there's, a, there's lots of information about how to be a male advocate and a male ally. We can't, we're not going to get anywhere by ourselves, and it's going to take us all to get there. Well, let's talk, let's talk about you. We're on the same path. And, and exactly. That, and that's the fun part, and I think what women need to understand, especially women who isolate themselves, don't know how to compete fairly and try to undermine or try to undo other women is that when we do get to work together and we do collaborate and we do connect, there's endless possibilities of what we're able to accomplish. And, and, it's, and it's fun. It's, it's a lot more fun, a lot more fun. Well, and one of the early things you say in your book is that women are the best supporter for each other. Women are natural allies. Yeah. And I, I know that true and we have a natural 
understanding of emotional intelligence, which is so much needed in the workplace. And as you know, I I speak a lot in the workplace on leadership, and I talk about the ego in the workplace, and and we all have our fears and our biases, but I have to tell you, reading your book was just so informative to me because it it helped me understand times that were difficult in my own life and and for other women that I've worked with, and it was really eye-opening and also inspiring. Thank with you. practical things we can do to help Thank one another. Thank you. I think, in fact, I just came from the Diversity Women's Conference in Washington, D.C., and one of the things that we talked a lot about and women want to talk about is bias. Why are women so mean to me? Why are other women mean to me? Are we our own worst enemy? And the answer over and over again was, yes, we are. And the and only, only way we're going to change that is by the work that you're doing and many countless other women and men that, that, that are doing this work to bring people together to look at those biases, talk about those biases, the ones we have towards ourselves and the ones we have towards other people, men or women, and vice mm-hmm. versa. I think when people are fearful, they have a tendency to want to blame someone else. Yeah. And the workplace can be fearful for everyone, but it can especially be fearful for women who are competing for positions who sometimes more in the past. I hope that's changing more and more now, and I'm sure it is. Uh, Women felt they had to sometimes sacrifice some of their femininity to rise to the top, and your book supporting the balance of bringing our qualities, the feminine qualities, to the workplace. But when we we get competitive with another woman, it, it doesn't help us. And so your book gives a lot of tips about how women can learn to trust and, and rely on each other to go higher and it help advance each other in leadership yeah. roles. Absolutely. Well, and there are so, there also, there's nothing wrong with competition. I'm not ever going to say that's not, I mean, competition can be healthy, but if it's done in a fashion that it's done fairly and it's done in a, mm-hmm. in a way that people learn. I mean, we learn from our successes mm-hmm. as well as mm-hmm. our failures. But I think, unfortunately, many women just think they do. They take on the male at the masculine approach, which is to overpower, to yeah. you know, to, to denigrate, to somehow uh, attack. But that doesn't work for women, mm-hmm. especially women. It mm-hmm. doesn't work. But you know, well, more, more, you- but, more, but as you talk about in your article, which was wonderful about healthcare. But by, by the way, I, I worked in healthcare, and so I I, I read that. <laughs> Well, I was a, I was a director of an, an EAP, and uh, you know the mission statement did not follow the culture. I mean, I mean, you know the the mission statement, and, and uh, again, I'm not even going to talk about who or what it was, but the mission statement, you know, all those all those points of integrity, authentic love, compassion that you talk about. They, yeah. They, you know, these were there were so many managers, so so many dysfunctional managers that had come up through the ranks that had been there long enough that were pushed up there because they'd said yes right. enough times, that, or they caused, or they didn't cause problems, so they just kept rising and rising to the top. And you and I both know what happens to a culture right. when you've got mis, uh, dysfunctional managers in in top leadership positions. Exactly. Uh, I, I love your I love your article about the ego driven leaders. I, I don't know if we want to talk about someone that we know pretty well, but it's it's dictator, <laughs> bully, critical right. fault finder, discounter, empire builder, placating, patronizer, 
uh, martyrs, right. self-righteous. I don't know anybody else in our leadership right now that maybe, well, maybe I do know someone that could fit that category, but, but yes. it does. It, it creates a fear. It's a fear-based culture. It's a, a yes. culture that people are afraid to use their own minds. They're afraid to use their own incentives. Uh, the creativity right. goes out the window, and it leaves people basically paralyzed. Right. They're afraid of being attacked, so they're on the defense. And how how powerful can you be when you're looking over your shoulder or, or afraid to speak up? And, and so the ego-driven leader can be a male, but it can be a female. Absolutely. And 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 sometimes it's just in the role of being a micromanager, which right. is also disabling and disempowering when somebody's doing that to you. So I try to teach, and, and you say this in your book too a lot, that what we really want to do is align with our authentic power where, not, where we are not as fearful and where we can come from our authentic voice, yeah. male or female. But so focusing on the female when we are with other women and can support each other and help each other connect with that deep, courageous part of us, we, even in our own small circles, wherever we are, when we support other women, we are helping them go forth to make this change that's so necessary. Yeah. And by the way, as you said in your book, is more profitable for businesses to have more gender diversity. Yeah, I keep referring people back to the data. It shows mm-hmm. that corporations, companies, the successful companies have women in top leadership positions and women on the board of directors. I don't know if you yes. if you saw California just passed a law where it requires women to be on all public boards. It requires it. You know, That's I think, wonderful. I think in Iceland and a couple other countries, maybe Ireland, uh, they've had this these kinds of things in place for years. And, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and why not? And why not? It's Exactly. Absolutely good sense to do that. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about your leadership uh, enlightenment leadership model because I think, again, it goes along with what the book says as well, uh, the book yeah. about leadership. So what are some of the qualities that you believe and, and that you've seen, uh, women and men, and let's talk about women first, but I think it goes just uh-huh. along with men too as far as great leaders are. Who, who are these people? Who are the great leaders? Great leaders first of all, have the quality that is a, what I call self-actualization. They're self-reflective. They have the courage to look within and see their own weaknesses. And that really takes a lot of courage because we generally want to deflect and blame somebody else. But if we can look within when something comes up in our workplace or in our families, I think families are a golden opportunity to learn about our own hot buttons, our weaknesses, our fears. But the more we know and understand our own fears and uh, can help them rise to the surface, the less we have to project it in the workplace or on other people, and the more authentic uh, and enlightened leader we can be. And I see examples of that in both men and women. And, and in fact, my book is dedicated to my first business manager in healthcare, by the way, who demonstrated the qualities of of an authentic leader because he could, uh, you asked me to name a few things, he could say he was wrong or he or she. uh, Um, An authentic leader doesn't have to have all the answers. They operate from integrity. They want feedback and they understand that, and I'm going to quote the name of your book, we're in this together because 
together that synergism is what really propels us forward and can take us to new levels and high performance. But if you're all in fearful little um, cells or little personal clouds and not, you know, not really coming together with your full potential, you're limiting your group, your team, and ultimately your organization. So those are some of the main things I think lead to authentic leadership. And then the bottom line is of all of that is I take it to the level of I believe that every single human soul is equal. In as a soul, we just have different skills, different abilities that we bring together to make our culture and make our societies and make our world. And we need to honor the diversity and the sameness and find the things that are similar. But overall, when we can come together with love and compassion in the sense that we truly honor the sanctity of humanity, yeah. you know, in the big picture, it results in synergism. You know, I've heard this several times, and I truly believe this. The quote was, be the leader that you want to be led by. And, and Yeah, I that's a good one. If we all felt that way and all had that inspiration... But let's go back just a little bit to the women's women's biases because, again, we, we're yes. talking about years and years of conditioning that women and yes. men have to change. But, you know, women's biases, let's just talk about this for a second, but the biases yes. that we have towards ourselves, really, a lot mm-hmm. of women aren't even aware of. Because, exactly. you know, women, I've seen women discount themselves. I've seen women say they're not worthy, you know, and in fact, this is interesting. They put a diagram up on this one program that I was listening to, and it said why, did, you know, the reasons why this woman became a CEO of her corporation, and, and, and the biggest chunk of the wheel of the circle, the biggest pot piece of pie, was 65% of it was because someone else believed that they could do the job. Someone else encouraged them to take the job. Wow. And wow. this, this to me, I think, is a huge part of it, is that women mm-hmm. don't, they don't, uh, they discount themselves often, and they, yes. and therefore they discount other women also. Yes. And yes. I think, I think that's something that when we become more aware of it, makes the covert more overt, then we'll start mm-hmm. to realize, you know, that wait a minute, I'm discounting myself, and then I'm turning around and discounting her because, you know. Right. If we start to really value our talents and our abilities, something amazing happens because when we look at other people, we're looking for those talents. We're looking for those abilities rather than trying to discount them or to denigrate them in some ways, which is, you know, she doesn't have the skills. She doesn't have the talent. I don't think she can do the job. But, you know, the thing is, is most every job that I've ever gotten, I'm sure you would probably agree, every job that I've ever gotten, I didn't have all the skills. It was on-the-job training. I mean, you know, you you do internships, you do practicums, you do ways, you do things to learn jobs. And a job you don't typically understand until you're actually doing the job. So, again, when when we as women can get over this this bias and this discounting and this dismissal of our talents and our abilities, I think that's when, when the authentic self starts to rise up and become more more available to us and and those are our true words and those are our true self i i think that's happening more and more i think uh yeah we, we had a hundred hundred women go out for nomination and then were elected to the congress to the house of representatives and one of the youngest women ever has become a new congressman congresswoman yeah. congressperson and yeah. 
I think what we're seeing is more women, more and more women are getting getting the support. Yes, and, and when it and when we see that, it is so encouraging, and it encourages more and more women to step up. And I'm old enough to remember the time when it was. Um, you know, I, I just found it so enlightening when you were describing how women would hold back because they didn't want to insult the ego of the man or the male in position. And I so related to that when I was younger where I, literally I would do training and I can remember being told I was condescending and I was training males. They were stockbrokers and I was yeah. they had hired me to train them, but I was told I was being condescending and I realized that would have been disconsidered leadership and assertiveness at the time if I were male. And I just have watched over the years how my own progress in, you know, having a voice. And then I have um, a daughter and, and I have many, you know, women that I, I work with that are younger generations. And I, I want them to continue to grow and be powerful and be inspired, but not to forget we've come a long way and not to lose any of that momentum. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that Me Too movement has been so powerful to bring it out of the shadows of how much women have, have you know, so often hidden for fear of recrimination. Yeah. Well, no, well but, but let's face it, it was true. Women probably did, some of these women did come forward and no one believed them. Exactly. And, no and one believed they saw, them. They saw other women who had who had come forward and were dismissed because of uh, some of the same things that were happening to them that were you yeah. know, being repeated. But you know, wh- why bother? They're just going to ignore me, and they're going to dismiss what I have to say. And it wasn't until some key key women came into the picture and actually named. May had names and had situations and incidents and were you know that they were actually finally believed. But look, I, look, I mean, let's face it. Uh, I think we. I think as a young woman, I had situations also that I. I think. I, I mean, I was definitely taken advantage of because I was a woman. Yeah. And, and I was a young woman, and you know, I still remember I was working in a department store, and the the manager came up to me, and here's just an example. It's not a horrible example, but I mean, it is an example. But he came up to mm-hmm. me, and he didn't even think twice about it. He says, "Tomorrow, I want you to wear a short skirt when you come to work tomorrow." He said, "You're going to be on the floor selling." So basically, yeah. he was saying, "You're going to wear a short skirt, and you're going to attract the customers, and then you're going to go out and sell these things on the floor." Would anybody walked up to a man and said, "Hey, tomorrow you're going to wear some tight pants, and you're going to go selling on the floor tomorrow"? Exactly. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's part of that bias that men also mm-hmm. have, and, and mm-hmm. it goes back to the whole issue of power over or power to. And, uh-huh. and this, I was speaking to a, a group of uh, female attorneys. I've talked that, you know, we were talking about women's leadership, and but these were female licensed attorneys. There were a few men in the, there were a few male partners in the uh, room when, when we were talking. But I asked this question because I really wanted to see what the reaction would be. I said, how many of you in this room feel powerful? And, and I thought, you know, here's, here's women attorneys. They're going to raise their hand. They're all going to raise their hand. Two women raise their hand. Two. Yeah. And, and I, just, I just really set me back, and I got I was off, you know back on my heels a little bit, and I thought, you know, this is the problem because women do not understand their own power, mm-hmm. and, and and until we do understand that, it's it's going to be very difficult because women get power confused with oppression. 
Yes. And when we, we start to talk about your abilities and your talents and your power to accomplish tasks, it, it becomes uh-huh. a whole different critter. You know, it comes a whole different scenario. But when when we talk about a lot of things, you you probably say this all the time, is that we have to define things in words and verbiage yes. that men and women both understand. Yes. So, so well, you know, that was... Yeah, that was really an interesting part of your book that we expect men to understand this, but they've been conditioned too. No. We want we want to, as you said, have them walk in our shoes. It's really difficult to walk in someone else's shoes without somebody helping us experience it. We all know that we have our own biases toward, you know, other cultures to, or other religions to other, you know, just anything that it's an ideology different than ours. And we need somebody to help us understand it. And I just thought that was such good advice to not only be allies for women, but to get the enlistment of men that can help women and help explain it and help men understand. And families, if we can think about, would we treat our sister or our mother, our daughter or our brother or our dad in that same way and kind of get past the biases and the beliefs that are so limiting? Yeah. But it takes opening the heart and sharing with other people so they understand. I actually know men that during this Me Too movement have been doing deep searches. And one of my friends is writing a book about a new masculinity, men learning yeah. to be a new kind of man. And men have felt uncertain. They're searching back in their own life. Was there something that I did, you know, that could have been taken wrong? And it's actually good that they're doing this search and becoming more aware. Yeah. And and we can help, but you know, all of us are resistant to somebody attacking us, or or. Well, um, we're, we're too busy categorizing. We're too too busy putting people in boxes, which is a, in itself is wrong, because you yeah. know this diversity and inclusion uh, conference I attended to and spoke at. If we, you know, it actually came down to the fact that just because you're a woman, and maybe just because you're a woman of color. And maybe you're a woman, uh, a white woman, and you're, you know, a Latino woman, and you're this woman. We're all different, and we all have our own special talents and abilities. It's going to have to even go deeper than that, that we start saying, wait a minute, we're each unique and different in our own way. Yes, we have commonalities, but yes, overall, you and I are, you know, unless we were, uh, unless we're identical twins, uh, we're right. very different in many ways, uh, you know, genetically and what our cultures were, how we grew up in our families of origin. On one hand, it's great that we can finally look at bias, but we have to go even deeper than that mm-hmm. because yeah. telling your story. Dana, tell me about you. Where did you grow up? I grew up in a small town, well, it's medium-sized town, Spokane, Washington, but I've lived in the Seattle area for the last 18 years. And... Um, little by little have grown through the decades to see all the different kinds of biases and stereotypes that I've developed and and learned and was conditioned to experience. And and then it's the unraveling of that, recognizing I do have these false beliefs. And and it's it's not always easy to give up beliefs, but, but that's the path. No, and but but again, like I said, your culture and growing up in a small town in Washington, state of Washington. I grew mm-hmm. up in Washington D.C., but I was born in the South. So when you start to tell someone about who you are or who you believe you are, it's amazing yeah. to listen to what comes out of your own mouth. So right. I guess 
the reason I'm asking you that is because you have you have a history. You mm-hmm. you have knowledge from your family of origin, the culture that you grow up grew up in, and then the culture that you assimilated in, and actually the things that you're still assimilating in today. Exactly. And and if we stop and think about all of that, I mean, no wonder people have such a difficult time with you yeah. know the, yeah. their biases and and. But it's the dialogue, and and you talk yeah. about the leadership styles uh, in your article, which I think are absolutely correct. Is that mm-hmm. we really have to become more mindful? Talk, talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about the, your infusion principle and the universal love and compassion, because I think, uh, you know, if we all had these principles when we went in to be leaders, and what kinds mm-hmm. of leaders we want to be led by, mm-hmm. the world would be very different if we had this style. Well, thank you for asking. I do speak a lot in healthcare, and but also in government and many different industries. But a strong niche in healthcare, and like you said, the vision and, and values use words like compassion, but the leaders don't embody them. And so I'm teaching something I call the Be Love model, uh-huh. and I'm really stressing that when we start from the foundation of universal love, and I don't just mean the sentiment of love, I mean the energy of love, the yeah. power that sustains all life, the power that a baby would not live without the, the love and attention of a family. We are made of love. It abides in all of us. If we can get mindful and step back and try to get a fresh look and it takes being you know meditative a little bit and slowing our rapid mind down we can connect with our deepest self our authentic self that resides in a consciousness that's beyond the mind that's constantly fighting and battling and competing and all of those things are human but you get into the workplace and it just becomes a web of egos battling and competing and so I start every class I teach with a, a short mindfulness to slow our minds down and reconnect and align yeah. with our deeper self that's connected to what I call universal love. And amazingly enough, people respond to that. My audiences recognize that there is a, a vibrational level, an energetic level in all of us that is very, very deep if we, if we slow down long enough to connect with it. Yeah. Well, you, you talk also about uh, a positive spirit and, and the fact that we really, when we encourage others and we lift mm-hmm. others up, we lift ourselves up as we go. We know that. Right. We all know that. But, but again, it takes the fear away. And, and the fear-based model of leadership, again, and that ego-driven leadership model, right. really are, that's old stuff. I mean, those are the it is old. companies that are working in that realm are not going to be successful. Because no, I think they aren't. I think people are tired of it, you know, and and we're watching one of our top leaders to lead in such a fashion that a lot of people really, they're looking at us and going, what's wrong with the United States right now? What is wrong with that? I I think, you know, I I watch it too, just like you, aghast at some of the things that, that are happening. I think it's part of an overall exposure for more and more people to be aware of what happens when fear is so predominant, it doesn't work. It just yeah. ultimately, right now it may look like it's working, but there's a backlash to this. Yeah. And I think yeah. we're kind of watching that now. Yeah. No, I, I have people that have been working with me for almost 20 years. 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and I don't say working, not working with me, working together. We work together. It's it's right. a team. I've always worked in that fashion, and and I mean, nobody gets anywhere by themselves. No. And the, the I, me, mine people are gone. They should go away. Mm-hmm. You know, the mm-hmm. ones that say I did this, it's mine, me, mine, and and don't give credit to others for the different things that have helped them along the way to who to be who they are. And I, and I right. like to honor the spirit of others and yes. the, the attitude of you can do it. I mean, there's just isn't it amazing when somebody says you can do it? You can yes. do it. You, you can, can do it. Empowers. It uh-huh. just empowers another person, and and that's what you talk about in your book with women. You know, advancing each other, taking the, making the efforts to really support each other, and then in groups and in meetings, mention about how well somebody did. That oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. All the things that women can do for each other, we all gain, and so do the organizations, ultimately. Yeah. It's it's always wonderful to watch when someone's speaking, and, and then they'll point out something that someone did for them to help them. And, and you just see that other person just, you know, just rise up with yes. turn into this glowing individual, because it's it's that's how it works. That's how it works. Exactly. Well, well exactly. Danny, you've got you've got a wonderful mission, and I want to sh- you to share that with everyone because I truly believe, and I've heard this over and over again. What is this mission that you have for uh, every day, 352 days out of the year? Well, my whole mission is about helping rebuild relationships in the workplace by honoring the spirit in ourselves and others, so we can all be our true selves. And there are so many ways that we can practice that each day and it starts with being mindful and and connecting with our deepest our greater inner spiritual greatness and so I really appreciate the opportunity to share that when I'm talking to you and I've already told people about your book coming out in January and I I'm just really excited that you have done such great work, Nancy. It's a wonderful book. Thank you. Well, good good news. It's available. It, there's pre-sales on Amazon right now. The hardcover will come out in January, but pre-sales are on Amazon are available. The book is available right now. We're excited. Dana, would you mind if I, if I read your blurb because it's a, it's a blurb. Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Nancy O'Reilly's book is inspirational and empowering for all women to read and absorb. Our time requires women to reclaim their voices and In This Together provides the common goal, support, the pathway to a revolution that is overdue. Feminine leadership is rising and together we can change the world. That is absolutely beautiful. And, you know, the one thing that I want to be sure that you understand is that we're in this together and whatever we can do to help and support your mission and what you're doing, that's what we do. That has been the ultimate mission of Women Connect for Good since the day of inception was that it supports yeah. the efforts, the missions, and the passions and dreams of other women. You know, you've been one of the leading women, and you still are. Thank you. Thank and you. When things are coming up for you that we can help support you and promote what you're doing, that's what we do. Thank you. I'm honored by being here with you again, and I just am wishing you all the best, and I will tell everybody that it's available online already. I didn't know that, yeah, so that's great. Yeah, we're excited. It really is to help everyone, men and women, to see how they can truly be the leader. Be the leader that you want to be led by. That's what it's about. Yeah. Yes, and, and beautiful. We, and we know who those people are. They're authentic, they're passionate, and they are definitely collaborative and their team players so yeah 
Dana, thank you so much Beautiful. for your time, your energy, and I truly, we truly, just your support has just been phenomenal. Thank you so much. Thank you.